Welcome to the True North Collective Podcast. True North metaphorically means your true center. If you follow Christ, then your true north is the direction that leads you to the heart of God. This podcast is about navigating through youth ministry, young adults ministry, culture, parenting, dating, marriage, and all that life has to offer. Navigating through those topics in the direction that lands at the heart of God. And now for your host of True North. Hey, thank you for lending me your ears, your heart, and your mind. My name is Lindsey Melton Jr. And this is True North Collective. So my next guest is somebody that I consider one of my best friends. Um, I consider him in my um, in my squad of influences and people that I'm listening to constantly. Um, his name is Corey Cherry. Corey and his wife, Rebecca Cherry, they are the college pastors at Dwelling Place Church International, located in Cleveland, Tennessee. Um, Corey, he's, uh, he's, like I say, he's a college pastor. He's a leader, up-and-coming author, which I'm super excited about, blogger speaker and he's a phenomenal worship leader. Corey, how are you, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Today I want to talk about uh current events. Um, you know, just things that uh you've noticed cuz where you're a college pastor, you are I mean, you're definitely uh I wish I could think of another phrase to call it, but you're definitely in the trenches, so to speak. So like your ears to the ground. Um but things that you've noticed as a society that we are moving towards for the better. Then also just some things that you notice as a society. I mean, there's you, there's a plethora of things you notice as a society that we have we have moved towards that really we need to run away from. So just in your own you know opinion, just you know what are some things that you notice on both uh, ends of the scale? Yeah. So being a college pastor, I actually um, have a very uh, mixed. Uh, like a racial divide in my in my group. I have about ten to fifteen students right now. It yeah. all changes, uh, but very um, different ethnic backgrounds. And so I have learned a lot, um, especially being in a in the millennial setting and having access to all the information we have nowadays and in the social media and the news and um, that it's. It's, I have to be very sensitive to, to what I share or what I believe and how that affects my students um, nowadays. And I think the biggest, the biggest thing now that we're dealing with is obviously this whole issue on racism, and, and what, which is one of my favorite things about my friendship with you, Lindsay, is that uh, we get to break, break down that uh, racial divide in the exactly. nation. Yeah. And one of, one of the issues is that in the church, um, racism in the church should be one of the very first things that uh, we acknowledge, but we tend to um, overlook it. And so I'm actually very honored to be part of a church that, that is mixed racially. Um, why, why I believe this so strongly about um, killing racism is because Jesus said there's neither uh, Jew nor Greek in the yeah. church. And it was very, one of the very first things that he established was that there's no, no fa- uh, female or male, no, no child, you know, versus an adult. There's no black versus white. It's literally all they see is the blood of Jesus. <clears throat> and so for someone in the church, um, that's one of the areas that I see affecting my students the most. And it's also one of the areas that I try to tackle uh, first. How do you 
how do you tackle that without it being like super awkward or super, um, you know what I mean? How do you tackle that? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. That's something I'm still learning. Um, but honestly, it's about being open and honest, um, talking about each other's differences. Um, one of my African American females, I, we joke, um, in light of our differences, but we also use the joking around to to bring up the hard questions, to bring yeah. it, use it as a use it as a place of vulnerability to bring understanding to each other. And I like what Danny Silk out of Bethel Church says. He 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 wrote a book called uh, "Keeping Your Keep Your Love On," and in that he says the goal the goal of communication is not agreement; it's understanding. And when I heard that, it, re- it, it changed my whole idea of communication. That, I, don't, I don't necessarily have to agree with everything and everybody, but I do need to understand. And so coming from different racial backgrounds, um, we don't have an agreement on everything. But exactly. I, can come to the, I can come to the place of understanding who they are. And when I do that, and when I see Christ, that this is my brother, This is my sister, literally, not just figuratively, not just some super spiritual idea that in Christ, when when we die in heaven, we are all brothers and sisters, literally. But the kingdom of heaven is now on earth, and so I should see you, you my brother, as my literal brother. And when that happens, and then I also come even with a different racial background, and I come with. the goal of, okay, I'm trying to understand that brings unity, that brings change, that brings peace, um, and kills the racial divide that we are experiencing right now in the country. Wow. Um, I never even thought about that. That's a, that's a really good quote. Um, so I, so I believe that, you know, just by that quote alone, if we really did see, um, everybody as our spiritual family like that, um, do you think it would be harder to become offended, so to speak? Absolutely. We Absolutely. I've, I've done it even, even, and I'll change this uh, example just for a little bit. Let's talk about lust for just one, one example. Yeah. Um, lust is rampant. Sex is rampant in the church just as much as in the world, even though we're called to be separate and you still see the same issues in the church as in the world. And so in order to confront that, if Jesus said, if you looked at a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery, just look in your heart. Yeah. Well, what if I saw all my females uh, in the body of Christ as my sisters? I'm not going to look at them the same. I'm going to look at them as I would look at my actual sister. Well, why do I treat my sisters in the church? differently? Why do, why do I look at them with lust? Or not, maybe not me personally, but as, yeah. uh, as, a, as a whole, as males as a whole, why, why would we do that? But if I, if I changed just my thinking a little bit and I said, wow, you know what? That's my actual sister. I would treat her differently and I would look at her differently. I don't know if that answers your question or not. No, no, it does. I mean, that's, I mean, that's really powerful. It's, it's so powerful, but at the same time, it's really practical as well. I think it's, I think that's what's blowing my mind about it. How, um, but honestly, it sounds like a beatitude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the gospel is simple, Lindsay, and we we tend to overcomplicate it. Yeah. And I really I'm all about the practical side of 
living, teaching, and how how we can be like Christ, and not over-spiritualize everything, because the, the, the church culture has over-spiritualized everything to make it look like only the pastors and the leaders can live like this, and it's high and lofty. But Jesus said, if you believe in me, you're going to do these works. You're going to live like me. You know, and, and so it, Jesus came to establish heaven in the everyday believer. To someone that, who, who believes that says, hey, I've confessed Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I believe he died and raised, and boom, he is in you. Jesus said, if you see, or John, 1 John 4, I love it. He said, oh, as he is, so are we in this world. So, and that's for everyday believer. And I don't know why we try to make it always put it off on somebody else's responsibility. I really believe this with my heart, that it's time for believers to start taking responsibility for their own lives and yeah. their own actions and what we believe and what we think and how we view the world and the culture around us. The majority of the world around us, around us looks at um, their cultural view through negative lenses. Um, but I believe in an ever-increasing kingdom that today's society, that we're pushing for um, racial equality, and I'm on board for that. But in light of sense of that, I, I believe that we are actually further um, in unity than we've ever have been before. Now, on the flip side of that, in, and I say in the States, that is, um, there is still more. Um, I just heard the statistic the other day that there's actually more um, slaves as a whole and child labor, what they call child labor, um, yeah. in, the na- in the world in this day and age as there, than any other time before, wow. um, which is crazy to think about. So in a global perspective, how much more is the church, how much more is there to be done still in the church? Now, we've, got, we've gotten so far in, in the United States, and we're going to keep pushing for, for further, um, for equality and unity and peace. But th- we're still missing um, globally. There's still more to be done. So, but I like to look at that the kingdom is an ever-increasing kingdom and that there is that it's better than it was yesterday. And so many times we it was news and social media that they always try to make it portray worse than what it actually is. I have a question for you. Uh, with the whole um, Me Too uh, movement, um, especially where you're a college pastor, where you work in the ministry, um, I, I, it's, it's really... It's really bad. Uh, my wife says it's because my heart is kind of innocent um, and childlike at times. But, um, you know, with the whole Me Too movement, I've kind of found myself um, really um, safeguarding the things I say and the things I do, especially around women, uh, where we have women working in the ministry that I serve at. You know, a lot of times I would, um, sometimes I would, well, you know, naturally at you know, at the end of service, I'd be like, man, it was so good to see you. And I would give them a hug. Um, and I've taught this over my pastor, but, you know, now with all these different things coming ahead, you know, I've found myself saying, hey, is it cool if we hug or high five or whatever? Have you found yourself just kind of, you know, maybe um, thinking about things a little bit more before you start doing them or, or you, you kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me, yeah, let me answer that question. I, so I'm married my wife had a, a Me Too situation. I don't want to get into the, the details. Um, and before I married, um, I knew that, but I didn't understand the depth of the trauma um, yeah. and what it does to a female mentally 
um, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And so I have had to learn um, the what what Paul says to dwell with understanding um, the your wife dwell or dwell with understanding. And so I have learned I've had to walk out an understanding with her. Um, so in that I under I see the whole Me Too the movement. Um, of these women coming out and expressing themselves and sharing stories and experiences and trauma um, to take it very gently. Yeah. I believe that there's the, the wisdom is that the first two things of wisdom is pure and then gentle, and, um, and the fruit of the Spirit is gentle. And so I really believe that Jesus walked in meekness and gentleness and so I applaud these women for being bold and courageous to come out and share. I, I wish it didn't take Facebook to do it. You know, I wish someone that actually had a, a platform or the, someone to actually talk to person, um, face-to-face, you know, counseling, um, yeah. because we tend to use Facebook as a platform to do it. And it really doesn't, it inspires people, but sometimes it doesn't bring that feeling that people are looking for. Um, but it's important to take it serious. I really believe it's important to take it serious, but to reach out to these females, um, like we're, and then what we were saying, like in the church and the ministry itself, is that learning to respect the boundaries. Like as a male, I'm like you, like think very innocently, um, kind of clueless sometimes, and yeah. in, in, you know, in some parameters that you just have to learn to communicate. Again, communicating like, hey, is it okay if I give you a hug? Or when you start to build a relationship with them, then you kind of know the boundaries, you know, even if it's unsaid, um, because things, you know, start to get slowly communicated, you know, a testimony is shared or uh, something along that lines, um, if if that makes sense. No, it does. No, it does. There's one thing you said, you said with your wife, you had to walk out and understanding in it. Um, you don't have to give any like personal details, but just like how... How does that come? How do you how do you walk out of understanding in something that you know you that you didn't experience, but somebody else did? Yeah, so um, I'm a very adamant preacher about love, and yeah. um, the the very first thing that love is is love is always patient, and and not just a spiritual aspect, but a practical aspect that love is patient, and so. Walking that out with my wife is that it was always required patience, and and I have to check myself still still to this day because it some of these healings that we 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 think just because someone comes out and says me too and they experience something that they should just automatically get healed or or fixed you know um, yeah but it's not it's it's a process it's it's constant renewing our mind it's constant healing and so for me on on the opposite end is that I need to be patient. And then the second thing love is, and I, I always use these two because you can kind of um, gauge where you're at in your love walk just by these two. And it's that the second thing is this kindness. And so with the, me being patient, I also need to be kind in it um, during that process. And what I mean by just being kind is what do I need to help? How can I help her? Is it words of encouragement? Is it, is it a hug? Is it a comforting? Is it um, showing her what real a real man looks like and how he's supposed to treat a female or a woman or a young lady? Um, 
is it is it just simply just sitting there you know it's it could be millions of different things and the thing is is that reason why you have to use wisdom and why i brought that up is that because every certain person every circumstance is completely unique and different and in order to to gauge what that person needs, you have to use wisdom. Or what some people use, we have to use um, the word, we have to use discernment. This, we have to discern and, and figure out what that person needs personally, not just as a whole. And so with the Me Too movement is that we figured out, okay, everyone has issues, but we want to give it a one-size-fits-all antidote. And the, the kingdom doesn't work that way, and love doesn't work that way. Love is personal. And so with my wife, I have... I've had to figure out, okay, what, what works for her personally? And what, what we forget is that, and I won't go into this tangent, but like love languages, um, how a person feels love, it's not how I want to give love, it's how that person needs to feel love. And so my wife is a physical, physical touch person. She loves to be held, embraced, she wants, if she needs a shoulder to cry on. Um, I'm not a very physically driven person, but so I have to push myself out of my comfort zone as a husband dwelling with understanding with my wife that has been through a me too um, trauma, traumatic situation. I, she needs a hug. She needs an embrace. And yeah. so that's the practical side of walking out with females who have dealt with um, me too. Uh, what's some things that you notice as a society we we're moving towards and you're like, okay, this is, this is good. This is actually a good thing. Uh, maybe it's whether it's in the church or outside the church. I love, let's, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it up a little bit. I love um, technology. Yeah. I believe that the, the technology is a blessing and a curse um, that all invention. I really believe in inventions and inspirations come from God himself. Um, and so I believe that he is all for technology mm-hmm. and the use of it, um, because the gospel being spread is literally going global now. And we have access to information um, quicker than we've ever had before, like to the point where you and I could be, you know, three hours away and now we're recording a podcast for the, the world to be able to tune into. So I think that's amazing. And I love where we're heading in that direction. On the negative, though, on the flip side, is how much damage it does, though. Yeah. Um, so there's positive, you know, there's positive and negative to it. Um, because God is, a, is love, he himself is love, and there is no fear in him, fear always revolves around control. What I fear, I try to control. And so because, I don't, because he is love, he has really no need to control anything that he lets us um, as humanity grow and, and invent something so inspirational, but he uses that even though there's a lot of downfalls in it. And so I love the technology and the use of it to be able to spread the gospel, the good news. Um, but in that, we see where all these other issues come out with the, we see all the news and um, things going on in third world countries and that, you know, um, you got gun laws and, and the gun control issues now going on and racial barriers and many, many different issues um, kind of exposing themselves. However, I really believe that now it's the time, it's the church's time to 
and the opportunity for them to um, be the light, be true light. And what I believe the next movement, I'll, I'll say this going on to what we're talking about, the believe the next move of God is, um, we all know that Billy Graham just passed away, and he was what they called America's pastor. Um, and I really believe with him, with his passing, that evangelism, he had the, one of the strongest evangelistic, evangelistic giftings that we've seen in modern, modern era. Um, and that, that now, that mantle, that torch, the baton has been tacked onto the next generation, which is, I would say, the millennial generation, our generation, you and I, Lindsay, um, to, to, to reach the next. Now, what, what the problem is, is what I see is that in the technology age that we live in, which we have access to so much information, God now has to step up his game and re, he has to beat us again, so to speak. I'm using that in a, like a light term, but yeah. he has to outsmart us um, for what's next. Well, how do you outsmart someone that has access to everything? Um, so I believe is that the only way to do that is that you go for the heart because the, the heart of man is the only thing that God knows um, that man can't access to. And what I believe the church is moving to next is that God has restored the gift of evangelism, healing, the, the belief of the prophetic, and he's going to combine all of that together. He's built a line upon line and precept upon precept to, to create this movement of now prophetic evangelism. And um, I really admire guys like Sean Bowles, um, you know, Bill Johnson, these guys that are really paving the way of saying, hey, we believe that God speaks, but that also on the foundation of that, he is love and he wants to reach the world. And so what I see God doing is that he's raising up the church to now, to, in a new identity, to believe that he is love and that he speaks for today and that he loves the world so much that he wants to send us out to go into the world to preach the gospel, to lay hands on the sick, to cast out devils, and to see um, to see the church expand, to see the kingdom of God grow, and souls come to Jesus. And I really believe that that we are now the church is now going into society that it's no longer just the church and then the world. It's that the church is going really into the world, and what I mean by the world is meaning into the to the realms of government, education, music industry, movies industry, you know, Hollywood, um, and all the different other little industries, you know, some businessmen. And because the disciples, Jesus sent them out, and they were all businessmen, and they and and the businessmen is what really get into the marketplace men to get into the world. Yeah. And to, to, to bring change. Those guys are the change agents um, to the world. And I believe that we will see, when the church rises up, we will see the unity that we're looking for in, for America. We will see the, um, the healing that needs to, to come to this place. And, uh, yeah, so I hope, I hope that answers the question. I kind of went off a little bit, but I'm pretty passionate about that stuff. <laughs> no, it does. And I'm glad you mentioned Billy Graham because um... – I was I wrote down and I just forgot to ask, but um, but that's one of the things I was going to ask you about because um, you had posted um, I guess it was the day after he died or maybe the day he died I can't remember the exact date, um, but it was around that timeline. Uh, just um, your heart about um, that and and you was encouraging all of us that 
that there is a mantle that um, that has been left for us to pick up um, and not just walk, but run, so to speak. Um, people that are listening, where where can they stay connected with you at? Uh, just go and give us some information real quick. Yeah, so um, my name is spelled a little weird. It's K-O-R-E-Y, and then cherry, like the fruit. Um, so I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Instagram, it's Corey underscore cherry. Instagram, it's Corey cherry 444. And then um, I have my own website. It's www.coreycherry.com. And I am preaching at Dwelling Place Church International this Sunday morning. You can tune in live if you want. Um, Sunday morning at 10. It is dpci.tv. Um, that, that is their website. You can check them out. Um, but I'm also, yeah, all social media platforms. And it, even if someone wants to personally email me, it's my email is Cherry at hotmail.com. It's fairly simple. So, um, but yeah, I'd love to connect with anybody and everybody. So any media platform, social media platform, you know, anybody can hit me up anytime. We'd love to share my heart with them. Thank you so much for tuning in to True North. We hope you'll join us again next time.